Hi, you're listening to the Calvary Christian Church Weekly Sermon. We have services at 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, and 5 p.m. every Sunday. For more information, visit our website at calvarychristian.church. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. It's so good to be here with you today, worshiping the Lord together online. I want to thank Pastor Tim and Miss Jackie for allowing me this opportunity to share with you today, to worship together, and to proclaim God's incredible word. You know, today's an amazing day, not just because we get to be together, but also because we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of our Calvary Danvers campus. Our Danvers campus launched a year ago, and we're so grateful for all that God has done in that time. And listen, if you're watching today and you live in the community of Danvers, or if you already attend our Danvers campus, then today on social media, go online and use the hashtag Calvary Danvers in order to tell a story about how you love your community and how Calvary Danvers has been used by God to be a blessing in your life. As always, go ahead and tag Calvary CC whenever you do so we can hear the stories of God's incredible faithfulness to you and all that he's done and all that he is doing. Well, would you bow your heads and hearts with me for one more word of prayer? Father God, thank you that when we call on you, we can trust that you will answer and respond. Thank you, Lord, that your word proclaims your incredible faithfulness. I pray today, God, that you would impress upon our hearts our need for you, your incredible faithfulness. And Lord, that as your word goes forth, you would challenge us and that our lives would never be the same. Lord, as we encounter your word, may we be challenged and may our lives be changed. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, you know, just a year ago today, uh, the Danvers campus launched, and it was such an incredible time, and it's been an amazing year. God's faithfulness is just shown every single day. But a few years ago, God put this idea, this vision on my heart. You see, at Calvary, we have a fourfold mission statement. We want to recognize our awesome God through praise and worship. We want to reach the lost through missions and evangelism. We want to raise up leaders and ministers of the gospel. And we want to release church planters and church campuses all over the North Shore in order to see it reached for Christ. Well, that mission, that vision is one that Pastor Tim instilled in me. And as I was praying a few years ago, God put the impression on my heart that, that we needed to continue to press on, to reach communities that were unreached at the time. As I looked around and prayed, I discovered that the town of Danvers didn't have an Assembly of God church. And as I prayed more and we spoke as a team, it became evident that God wanted to use us to reach Danvers. Now, in that time, uh, we, we began preparations and meetings, and we, we started talking about a, a launch date, and everything was underway. And the entire time, we were looking for a place to meet. We were looking all over the community. We checked out buildings and schools and so many different opportunities, but it seemed like every one of those opportunities closed one after the other. And the deadline, the launch date was coming, and, and we began to feel that pressure. Maybe some of you can relate to that. There was so much uncertainty, so much out there that we couldn't control, and we didn't know what was going to happen. We know God had been faithful, but, but what about right now? 
And so we began to pray. We began to worship the Lord. We began to pray and to fast for what God wanted to do. And in that time of seeking God, it was in the time of prayer and fasting that an email led to a conversation. And a conversation led to a meeting. And a meeting opened the door for us to begin meeting at the Danvers Community YMCA. And one thing after the other came together, but God was faithful and he provided. Even when it seemed like we were between a rock and a hard place, the pressure was on, but because God was the one who'd given the vision, because God was the one who promised to provide, he was faithful to do it. Somebody needs that encouragement today. You see, God is the one who provides and he did it for us. You know, in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7, the people of Israel were feeling that pressure. They were feeling surrounded on all sides. They didn't know what was going to happen. It seemed like there was no way out unless God showed up and did the miraculous. 1 Samuel, chapter 7, starting at verse 7, if you have your Bibles, you can read along with me. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. And they said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf. And the Lord answered him. Hallelujah. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shen and he named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Have you ever had a moment that changed your life forever? Maybe you're listening to me and you'd say that you'd like to. See, there was a life-changing moment in the people of God. Here they were, God's people, but they were, they were surrounded. They were afraid. They were headed towards destruction. But they learned something so powerful, so important, so crucial. They learned that God is our help. See, God is our help. Uh, Samuel, right there in verse 12, took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. And the tone there, when he says it, thus far the Lord has helped us, what he's really saying is God's been with us so far, it doesn't look like he's going to stop. We need to be reminded that God is with us. We need to remember God's faithfulness. They didn't want to forget it. They didn't want to forget that God is the one who helps us. God is our help. What are the landmarks in your life that remind you of God's faithfulness? What are the moments and the things that God has done that, that you can always look back to and say, you know what, he was with me in that moment, he'll be with me now, I trust him. 
What are the things that you can look to? You know, this stone that, that Samuel set up, it was a stone of remembrance. And there's a precedent for this throughout the Bible. Uh, Jacob, when he was headed towards his ancestral homeland, he encountered a space where God was. And when he woke up from a dream where he encountered God, he set up a stone. He set up stones and, and named it and said, this is the place where I met with God, the house of God. And every time that he journeyed back and forth and saw that spot, he was reminded of the presence of Almighty God. Joshua, when the people of Israel crossed over to the Jordan, when they crossed over, they took stones from the riverbed and they piled them up as a memorial to remember. These stones of remembrance were to remind them that God had brought them out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of suffering, battles, out of everything that he talked. He brought them all the way through into everything that he promised them. Do you understand? These stones were there so that they would remember. And then Samuel sets up this stone and he, he names it. What's interesting is he, he gives it a name. He calls it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has been our help. God is our help. Oh, may we never forget it. God is our help. But you know, there's a difference between stones of remembrance that point us to the moments that God has worked on our behalf, his faithfulness. There's a difference between stones of remembrance and memories of shame and hurt and past mistakes. There's a difference because a stone of remembrance points prophetically to the promises of God for our future. A stone of remembrance points prophetically to the promises of God for our future. But memories of, of shame and hurt and mistakes, no, they want to pull us back into the cage of our sins so we while around in futility, listening to the voice of the enemy saying, you ain't nothing. You ain't never been nothing. You ain't never going to be nothing. But by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, we can say six feet back, Satan. I'm not here to catch whatever you're trying to spread. By the power of the name of Jesus, we don't have to live in bondage. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in anxiety. We don't have to live in worry. We don't have to live in doubt. We don't have to live in frustration. We don't have to live in the cage of our sins. We can walk in freedom because God has already purchased the victory. Did you catch that in the text? As the people were offering the sacrifice, as they were offering up their worship, God gave them the victory. Here's, here's what's amazing, though. God brought this victory, which means that we no longer have to live in loss. We don't have to walk in defeat if God has already purchased the victory. The stones of remembrance point to the promises of God for our future. They're prophetic. They're not just something for the past. No, no, they happened in the past, but we look to them to be reminded of what's going to be happening in the future. When we say, oh God, we don't have a place to meet and he provides. Well, any other challenge that comes, we can say the Lord has been our help. Thus far, the Lord has been our help. God is our help. And he was faithful then. And he's going to be faithful today. And he's going to be faithful in the future. God is going to be faithful forever. Scott Wilson says it best. He says it like this. God is faithful, 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 faithful. 
He normally says it about eight more times, but I think you get the picture. If God is our help and God is faithful, oh, what great help that is indeed. God is our help, and he's given us the victory, but how do we experience the victory in our own lives? I'm really glad you asked that question. We experience the victory in a very unique way. 1 Samuel 7, starting at verse 9, here's what it says. Samuel took a suckling lamb, and he sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Now listen, there's a few different ways that you can praise God, that you can worship God, okay? You can worship him in singing. You can worship him in the proclamation and the reading of his word. And you can worship him in sacrifice. And in the Old Testament, they would offer a sacrifice. They would offer that as the penalty for their sins so that God would accept their worship, that he would accept them. And now today, our sacrifice is the person of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So we can stand before the Lord. But it's interesting that he took this lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. This, this is the worship that's going on. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. Now get this. While he was sacrificing the burnt offering, that's when the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. It was while they were worshiping. Oh, oh it looks like they're on their knees. It looks like they're weak. It looks like... They're not going to do anything, and that's when the enemy attacked. But here's the key. How do we experience the victory of God? Listen, praising God is what brings the victory. Praising God is what brings the victory. What happened? That day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. Now think about this, okay? They're worshiping. The enemy attacks when they seem to be weak. And who fights on behalf of his people? What do we say? God is our help. And he's the one who's purchased. He's the one who's won the victory. Praising God is what brought the victory. I don't know about you, but I don't know if the Lord would have been the one fighting on behalf of his people if they weren't spending their time praising him. You can worry, you can doubt, you can fear, or you can praise when circumstances surround you and overwhelm you, listen, there's a bunch of different responses you can have, but when you praise, God brings the victory. God's the one who wins it. And listen, the people didn't fight on their own behalf. It wasn't their own strength. It wasn't their own armor. It wasn't their own weapons. It wasn't their own power. It was the power of God. The text tells us that the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed. You got to get this, okay? Praising God brings the victory. They were offering this sacrifice of praise, and God won the victory on their behalf. You know, we used to sing this song in church. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Now, we don't sing that song anymore. You can look it up on YouTube and check it out. It's pretty good. But the reality is that praising God brings the victory. Praising God brings the victory. But, but how does it work? Because praise is remembering. When you praise God in song, when you praise him in the proclamation of his word, when you praise him together in community, or even right now online, we are remembering the faithfulness of God. We are remembering all that he's done and all that he's doing and all that he will do. Praise is proclaiming the greatness of God and all that he is and all that he's done. Praise is remembering. And Samuel established this stone 
of remembrance. Joshua had put stones of remembrance. Jacob had made stones of remembrance. We've got to remember. Think about how many monuments you walk by on occasion, and you have no idea what they mean. You know, here in New England, in our context, there's a lot of historical spaces and places all over. Walking around, you encounter one, someone says, hey, what, is, what does that one mean? And in order not to look ignorant, you make something up. And everybody takes it and you keep on walking, right? Who knows what it means? Unless there's a plaque explaining it, how are you going to remember? No, praise is remembering. It's, it's putting monuments up that are clear, that are evident, that you can't forget. Because you don't want to. You don't ever want to forget that God is our help. You don't ever want to forget that praising him brings the victory. Now, there are some of you watching who looked at the, the passage of Scripture that we're in today, and you, you're probably thinking, uh, this is all well and good, and this is encouraging, but, Pastor, you've forgotten something that the text says. And I want to encourage you to know I haven't forgotten it. I've just saved it until this moment. You see, God is our help, and praising God brings the victory, but it all starts with repentance. It all starts with repentance. 1 Samuel chapter 7, starting at verse 2, here's what this says. All the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. Get this. Before they asked Samuel to pray and offer up the sacrifice, before the victory was won, before uh, they set up the stone so they could remember it and be reminded of it, the first thing they did was turn back to the Lord. Oh, is there anyone in the hearing of my voice who needs to turn back to God? So Samuel said to all the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. Don't serve money. Don't serve sex. Don't serve control. Don't serve power. Don't serve position or any other idol. Serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bales and asterisks and served the Lord only. How powerful is it? Somebody can say, yo, yo, I'm turning a new leaf. Today's a new day, new day, new me, praise God. And then the same time, go right back into the old mess. Repentance is not done with words. Repentance is shown in action. And what did the people do? Samuel said, if you're going to serve the Lord only, then put away anything that would separate you from God. And the Bible says the Israelites put away the Baals and the Asterisks, these idols, these things that, that weren't God, and they served the Lord only. Text goes on to say, then Samuel said, assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. And when they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. And on that day, they fasted, and there they confessed, we have sinned against the Lord. What happens when we forget God? What happens when we set him aside? Maybe you're in a nice groove and things are going well. 
so well, in fact, that you forget that it's the Lord who's bringing blessing and providence and, and coming through. And you start to think it's your own power. You start to think well of yourself instead of the one who brings the victory. What happens when we forget God? Maybe you're here and you, you've never turned to God. This is the first time you're hearing about this call that God wants to be your help and bring your victory, that God wants to be connected with you. For some reason today, something drew you to, to a website or you saw a link or somebody invited you to church online. And here right now, you feel God's presence calling you, asking you if you want his help. You see, it all starts with repentance. God is not just a meal ticket to heaven. He's not just a balm of peace. He's not medication that we take when we need him and then put it away when we don't. God is God. And God is holy. And God calls us to be holy. And when we fail and when we struggle and when we sin, he extends this incredible thing called grace. Now, I don't know why he does it, but I'm just grateful that he does. He says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he holds his hand out. He doesn't force his way in. Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will come in commune with them. Is there anybody who needs to open a door today to let God into your life? There's so much uncertainty. There's so much worry. There's so much fear. There's so much anxiety. God wants to help. Or maybe you're like the people of Israel. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long while, but there's some things in your life that you need to surrender that you need to lay down, that you need to give up, that you need to turn away from. Remembering that God is your help, remembering that praising him brings victory, but it all starts with repentance. The people confessed. How powerful a thing to be able to say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. God wants to be your help. Today, God's word has given us an incredible truth, something that my hope is you'll never forget. My hope is that today will be a day of remembrance for you, a moment in your life where you encounter God in such a powerful way by his Holy Spirit, not because of some preacher, not because of music, not because of a, a service even online, but because of an encounter with his presence, that your life would never be the same. And if you're here and you would say, I need God's help. And you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never accepted the free gift of his grace. Then today is the day of salvation. If that's you today, you're home, maybe you're with your family, or maybe you're alone. But if that's you today, right now in your heart, I'm just asking you, cry out to God. Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, forgive me. Lord, come into my heart.
I don't want to remember the shame and the hurt and the mistakes. I want to remember your love and your faithfulness and your grace and your goodness and your peace. And I surrender to you. And maybe you are a believer, but there's some things that God has been pointing out to you that they need to go in order for him to have a greater place in your heart. Let this moment right now be that moment. Listen, if you're listening to me, right on your screen, there's a link called Need Prayer. If you're making that commitment right now, you click that link, Need Prayer, or you call the number for needing prayer. Because even though this is a time of social distancing, more than ever, we need to be spiritually connected. We need to encourage one another. We need to hold one another accountable in faith and remembering. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're watching and you know that you need God, then I encourage you to pray right along with me. Let's look to the Father. Dear Jesus, I know I need you because I can't control anything. Life is crazy. There's something in my heart that is telling me to trust in you. God, would you help me? Come into my heart. Change my life. Make me new. Forgive me of my sins and give me a brand new life in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Well, listen, if you prayed that prayer with me, then you click that link for Need to Prayer. We want to connect with you. I want to rejoice with you because God is your help and God will bring the victory in your life because God is faithful. He was faithful yesterday. He's faithful today. He's faithful forever. My encouragement to you today is this. Never stop praising God. Never stop remembering his help, his peace, his grace, and his love. And never forget that it starts with repentance. But it goes on to a life of victory. A life of wonderful peace and love and joy like you've never known before. May God bless you today. We're going to continue in worship here with another course. The team's going to lead us. But again, you, if you prayed that prayer today, you click that link. We want to connect. We want to pray with you and encourage you in your walk of faith. God bless you.